My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 180, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 64 through 66, and Ezekiel 22 and 23. Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you. Who acts on behalf of those who wait for him? You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on our name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hands. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever." Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Your sacred cities have become a wasteland. Even Zion is a wasteland, Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and glorious temple, where our ancestors praised you, has been burned with fire, and all that we treasure lies in ruins. After all this, Lord, will you hold yourself back? Will you keep silent and punish us beyond measure? I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, Here am I, here am I. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations, a people who continually provoke me to my very face, offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense on altars of brick, who sit among the graves and spend their nights keeping secret vigil, who eat the flesh of pigs and whose pots hold broth of impure meat, who say, keep away, don't come near me, for I am too sacred for you. Such people are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that keeps burning all day. See, it stands written before me. I will not keep silent, but will pay back in full. I will pay it back into their laps." both your sins and the sins of your ancestors, says the Lord, because they burned sacrifices on the mountains and defied me on the hills. I will measure into their laps the full payment of their former deeds. This is what the Lord says. As when juice is still found in a cluster of grapes and people say, don't destroy it, there is still a blessing in it. So will I do in behalf of my servants. I will not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, those who will possess my mountains. My chosen people will inherit them, and there will my servant live. Sharon will become a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Echor a resting place for herds, for my people who seek me. 
But as for you who forsake the Lord and forget my holy mountain, who spread a table for fortune and fill bowls of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you for the sword, and all of you will fall in the slaughter. For I called, but you did not answer. I spoke, but you did not listen. You did evil in my sight and chose what displeases me. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My servants will eat, but you will go hungry. My servants will drink, but you will go thirsty. My servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. My servants will sing out of the joy of their hearts, but you will cry out for anguish of heart and wail in brokenness of spirit. You will leave your name for my chosen ones to use in their curses. The sovereign Lord will put you to death, but to his servant he will give another name. Whoever invokes a blessing in the land will do so by the one true God. Whoever takes an oath in the land will swear by the one true God. For the past troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever. And what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight, and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be though a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hand. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will remain neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things, and so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word. But whoever sacrifices a bull is like one who kills a person, and who offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Whoever makes a grain offering is like one who presents pig's blood, and whoever burns memorial incense is like one who worships an idol. They have chosen their own ways, and they delight in their abominations. So I also will choose harsh treatment of them, and will bring on them what they dread. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They did evil in my sight, and chose what displeases me. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your own people who hate you and exclude you because of my name have said, Let the Lord be glorified, that we may see your journey. Yet they will be put to shame. Hear the uproar from the city. Hear that noise from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord, repaying his enemies all they deserve. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her, she delivers the son. Who has ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her child. So I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord. Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice greatly with her. 
all you who mourn over her, for you will nurse and be satisfied at her comforting breasts. You will drink deeply and delight in her overflowing abundance. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart will rejoice, and you will flourish with grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but his fury will be shown to his foes. See, the Lord is coming with fire, and his chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For with fire and with his sword, the Lord will execute judgment on all people, and many will be those slain by the Lord. Those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following one who is among those who eat the flesh of pigs, rats, and other unclean things. They will meet their end together with the one they follow, declares the Lord. And I, because of what they have planned and done, am about to come and gather the people of all nations and languages, and they will come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survive to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans, to Lydians, famous as archers, to Tobal and Greece, and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations, and they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord on horses and chariots and wagons and on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them as the Israelites bring their grain offerings to the temple of the Lord in ceremonially clean vessels. And I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, says the Lord. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched. And they will be loathsome to all mankind. Ezekiel 22. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, will you judge her? Will you judge this city of bloodshed? Then confront her with all her detestable practices and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. You city that brings on herself doom by shedding blood in her midst and defiles herself by making idols, you have become guilty because of the blood you have shed and have become defiled by the idols you have made. You have brought your days to a close and the end of your years has come. Therefore, I will make you an object of scorn to the nations and a laughingstock to all the countries. Those who near and those who are far away will mock you, you infamous city full of turmoil. See how each of the princes of Israel who are in you uses his power to shed blood. In you they have treated father and mother with contempt. In you they have oppressed the foreigner and mistreated the fatherless and the widow. You have despised my holy things and desecrated my Sabbaths. In your slanderers you have bent on shedding blood. In you are those who eat at the mountain shrines and commit lewd acts. In you are those who dishonor their father's bed. In you are those who violate women during their period when they are ceremonially unclean. In you, one man commits a detestable offense with his neighbor's wife. Another shamefully defiles his daughter-in-law and another violates his sister, his own father's daughter. In you are people who accept bribes to shed blood. You take interest to make a profit from the poor. You extort unjust gain from your neighbors, and you have forgotten me, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will surely strike my hands together at the unjust gain you have made, and at the blood you have shed in your midst. 
will your courage endure or your hands be strong in the day I deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. I will disperse you among the nations and scatter you through the countries, and I will put an end to your uncleanness. When you have been defiled in the eyes of the nations, you will know that I am the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, the people of Israel have become dross to me. All of them are the copper, tin, iron, and lead left inside a furnace. They are but the dross of silver. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you have all become dross, I will gather you into Jerusalem, as silver, copper, iron, lead, and tin are gathered into a furnace, to be melted with a fiery blast. So will I gather you in my anger and my wrath and put you inside the city and melt you. I will gather you and will blow on you with my fiery wrath, and you will be melted inside her. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you will be melted inside her. And you will know that I, the Lord, have poured out my wrath on you. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has not been cleansed or rained on in the day of wrath. There is a conspiracy of her princes within her like a roaring lion, tearing its prey, they devoured people, taking treasures and precious things and make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean, and they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths, so that I am profaned among them. Her officials within her are like wolves tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. When the Lord has not spoken, the people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. I looked for someone among them who would build up the walls and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, there were two women, daughters of the same mother. They became prostitutes in Egypt, engaging in prostitution from their youth. In that land, their breasts were fondled and their virgin bosoms caressed. The older was named Ahola and her sister was Aholeba. They were mine and gave birth to two sons and daughters. Ahola is Samaria and Aholeba is Jerusalem. Ahola engaged in prostitution while she was still mine, and she lusted after her lovers, the Assyrians, warriors clothed in blue, governors and commanders, all of them handsome young men, and mounted horsemen. She gave herself as a prostitute to all the elite of the Assyrians and defiled herself with all the idols of everyone she lusted after. She did not give up the prostitution she began in Egypt. When during her youth men slept with her, caressed her virgin bosom, and poured out their lust on her. Therefore, I delivered her into the hands of her lovers, the Assyrians, for whom she lusted. They stripped her naked, took away her sons and daughters, and killed her with the sword. She became a byword among women, and punishment was afflicted on her. Her sister Aholabah saw this, yet in her lust and prostitution, she was more depraved than her sister. She too lusted after the Assyrians, governors and commanders, warriors in full dress, mounted horsemen, all handsome young men. I saw that she too defiled herself. Both of them went the same way, but she carried her prostitution still further. She saw men portrayed on a wall, figures of Shaladans portrayed in red, 
with belts around their waists and flowing turbans on their heads. All of them looked like Babylonian chariot officers, native to Shalada. As soon as she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Shalada. Then the Babylonians came to her, to the bed of love, and in their lust they defiled her. After she had been defiled by them, she turned away from them in disgust. When she carried on her prostitution openly and exposed her naked body, I turned away from her in disgust, just as I had turned away from her sister. Yet she became more and more promiscuous as she recalled the days of her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. There she lusted after her lovers, whose genitals were like those of donkeys and whose emissions was like that of a horse. So you longed for the lewdness of your youth when in Egypt your bosom was caressed and your young breasts fondled. Therefore, Aholaba, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will stir up your lovers against you, those you turn away from in disgust, and I will bring them against you from every side. The Babylonians and all the Shaladins, the men of Pekad and Shoah and Koah and all the Assyrians with them, handsome young men, all of them governors and commanders, chariot officers and men of high rank, all mounted on horses. They will come against you with weapons, chariots and wagons, and with a throng of people, they will take up positions against you on every side with large and small shields and with helmets. I will turn you over to them for punishment, and they will punish you according to their standards. I will direct my jealous anger against you, and they will deal with you in fury. They will cut off your noses and your ears, and those of you who are left will fall by the sword. They will take away your sons and daughters, and those of you who are left will be consumed by fire. They will also strip you of your clothes and take your fine jewelry. So I will put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you began in Egypt. You will not look on these things with longing or remember Egypt anymore. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am about to deliver you into the hands of those you hate, to those you turned away from in disgust. They will deal with you in hatred and take away everything you have worked for. They will leave you stark naked and the shame of your prostitution will be exposed. Your lewdness and promiscuity have brought this on you because you lusted after the nations and defiled yourself with idols. You have gone the way of your sister, so I will put her cup into your hand. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You will drink your sister's cup, a cup large and deep. It will bring scorn and derision, for it holds so much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, the cup of ruin and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You will drink it and drain it dry and chew on its pieces, and you will tear your breasts. I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Since you have forgotten me and turned your back on me, you must bear the consequences of your lewdness and prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ahola and Aholaba? Then confront them with their detestable practices, for they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. They committed adultery with their idols. They even sacrificed their children, whom they bore to me as food for them. They have also done this to me. At that same time, they defiled my sanctuary and desecrated my Sabbaths. On the very day they sacrificed their children to their idols, they entered my sanctuary and desecrated it. That is what they did in my house. They even sent messengers for men who came from far away, and when they arrived, you bathed yourselves for them, applied eye makeup, and put on jewelry. You sat on elegant couches with tables spread before it, on which you had placed the incense and olive oil that belonged to me. The noise of a carefree crowd was around her. Drunkards were brought from the desert along with men from the rabble. 
and they put bracelets on the wrists of the women and her sister and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said about the one worn out by adultery, now let them use her as a prostitute, for that is all she is. And they slept with her, as men sleep with a prostitute. So they slept with those lewd women, Ahola and Aholaba, but righteous judges will sentence them to the punishment of women who commit adultery and shed blood, because they are adulterous and blood is on their hands. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Bring a mob against them and give them over to terror and plunder. The mob will stone them and cut them down with their swords. They will kill their sons and daughters and burn down their houses. So I will put an end to lewdness in the land, that all women may take warning and not imitate you. You will suffer the penalty for your lewdness and bear the consequences of your sins of idolatry. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. We end the book of the major prophet Isaiah today. This book's contributions spanned quite a bit of Israel's history. Marty Solomon describes at least four voices or sections to Isaiah. The first has to do with the vineyard, so tending to our neighbors, God's creation, his way of flourishing, being fruitful. Then the section on woe, as in woe to you, to those who. And then a section on the servant, which is pointing to Jesus and those who follow him as his servant. And lastly, we are reading about hope. This last section on hope started in chapters 55 of Isaiah and ends here in chapter 66, ending the whole book. Marty Solomon points us back to chapter 55, which has the famous passage about his people not knowing his ways or thoughts, which Marty describes as our misunderstanding that the passage is actually talking about something different, although most of us might think of it or have heard about it as pointing to something like God's mystery. And while other passages in Scripture do make it clear, and we cannot know all of God's ways, and we can describe that He is mysterious to us. But Marty Solomon points out and points to Rachel Evans' book titled Faith Unraveled to explain how the passage about God's ways and God's thoughts not being our own or pointing to, and I quote because I think it's so good, God's scandalous grace, His scandalous forgiveness. So basically, the Hebrew phrasing and context is Isaiah saying to the people, I know it doesn't make any sense, but my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts aren't your thoughts. So all you got to do is come back home. Oh, for me, that just makes more sense than this seemingly disconnected read on chapter 55 to just kind of casually refer to God's mysteriousness in a general way. Not that he isn't, but you, you get what I mean. There's something really special here that we miss if we don't look more closely, which is so fun about um, learning from all these different theologians that have more knowledge and understanding of the original language and context. So what's mysterious here and in our lives today through scripture? I'm currently going through Dr. Mackey and Brett Billing's Bible podcast. It's called the Bible Project podcast. They're discussing dragons and serpents in Hebrew language and the ancient context. And I'm also reading a chapter by Richard Hayes on moral ethics in the New Testament, where he was diving into Paul's letters in this chapter I just read on Romans 1. And something that keeps popping up for me is that our rebellious heart was our moral defection. Our rebellious heart, our idolatrous heart was our moral defection. And the sins we often talk about, the litany of violent, hurtful, and self-destructive behavior are the byproduct, the symptoms. They're God opening his hand 
That's my visual in response to our moral defection from him. So our desire to worship things God created, including ourselves and not the creator. I visualize this opening of his hand and where he is there. So like in his hand is land, it's light, it's order, creation. And when we walk out of his hand, there is chaos, decreation, floods, fires, and affliction. But while death is stressed often in the scripture, we have also noted this repeated surprise element of the now come back home after we thought everything and everyone had died. There's like, oh, wait, no, but they're still there. Their descendants are still there or they're still part of a town there. There's this remnant. And what's interesting about remnant is that, yeah, it is this group of people, leftover portion that's like saved or set aside. It's still there, but they're not based on merit. It's grace that God gives this remnant. So there's always this remnant, and I think Elijah really points to that too. But there's always this remnant, as Marty Solomon and Brett Billings also emphasize. I just, I have to say, because sometimes I think we think that means that it has to do with, oh, well, they earned it or deserved it. No, that remnant is a testament to God's grace, His keeping of the covenant, even though the people did not. So while death is stressed, often in scripture, we also have that noted, repeated surprise element of now come back home. There is this spark of hope we keep talking about, but as Marty Solomon says, it's not like Care Bear hope. And if you're an 80s or 90s kid like me, you get that. But here in scripture, hope is more like the rainbow, a promise after the flood. It's hope with a sober sense of challenge that we must now be his people, the people he created us for where there's going to be a, a big restoration or rebuilding project after the flood and the rainbow. So how do we do this? Remember where we come from. Remember the story, what we're called to be. And as Marty Solomon says, this ending to Isaiah is reminding them. And now it's reminding us that if we will learn from our past and repent, which also means in Hebrew to return, which is like a repair or to redeem and restore, then we can, with God's prodigal grace and mercy, rejoin the mission, his mission. We lost the plot of the story for somewhere along the way, and we can come home. Marty Solomon also offers Walter Brueggemann's seminal book on Sabbath as resistance. This is part of that remembering. But think Star Wars for a minute, the resistance, the rebellion, the countercultural act, and it's emphasized in chapter 58 of Isaiah here in the end, to rest in the goodness of God with hope. Come home, remember, repent, I will forgive you. Which, at this point in the story, it's scandalous, prodigal love of God. Mm, it's so good. Isaiah really is a great book. Okay, back to the darker allegorical illustrations. Yep, red flags, parental general audience warnings on Ezekiel 22 and particularly 23. Yikes. Like the rebellious wife allegory we just read in Ezekiel 16. Here we read about a city defiled in chapter 22. Defiled how? Blood, dross or trash impurity, and systematic failure. That's how the ESV Bible in partnership with Crossway and the Gospel Coalition describe it. This is an intense accusation against Israel. Dr. Block gives translations of Hebrew words here that read something like, 
the blood city, and it's referring to Jerusalem, blood guilt, full of bloody judicial crimes, full of injustice, full of violence, filled with bloodshed. These descriptions and accusations are like woes to Jerusalem in a very serious way. It's like Ezekiel saying, pack your bags for exile. It's happening. Decreation, chaos, because that is what you've already become and started. I feel like the tone is, you will either call out to me in exile and I will be with you, or that's where you want to go. You want to either reach for him and go for creation, order, life, light, land, all those things we've been seeing repeated in the patterns in the language. Or we want to keep choosing decreation, chaos, darkness, death, sea, which is really nothingness. It's a return to the state of before God. In Genesis 1, hovering over the dark waters and the, the wild and waste land that isn't ordered. Also note, Dr. Block points to this special relationship that community leaders bear to maintain justice and welfare. Leadership emphasizes the responsibility. Then we read in Ezekiel 23, this odd tale of two sisters or two wives of Yahweh, who the first verse describes as representing metaphorically the two kingdoms of Israel. So the northern kingdom called Samaria and the southern kingdom called Jerusalem, sometimes referred to as the tribes of Judah. Dr. Block describes its length and structure like a court transcript. The charges against these two sisters or two people groups of Israel, which are really all the tribes of Israel. But as we've read, they separated and they have both made egregious moral defections. And this dark allegory details their accusations and penalties quite graphically. It's so hard to read, but I want to leave you with this from Dr. Block in Ezekiel's commentary. The fulfillment of the Lord's design for his people to be a special treasure, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, is contingent on keeping his covenant and obeying his voice. Nothing has changed in the New Testament as we're reading in the Old Testament. So the supreme test of righteousness is still, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. It's in Matthew, it's in Deuteronomy, it's in Leviticus. So as a summary of the Decalogue, Jesus's call for love is a call for covenantal commitment, first to God, then to one's fellow human beings. Divine favor depends not on creedal affirmations or verbal testimony, but on faithful obedience to God's will. And that he pulls from John 14, 15 through 24. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.